Hello and welcome to the Vine Life Podcast. I'm Tony Clark, your host. And today I've got the honor of having Doreen Virtue on the program. Now, Doreen was one of the most famous spiritual teachers in the metaphysical and New Age arenas. She became a top-selling New Age author at the top-selling New Age publishing house. Doreen seemed to have everything that the world desires, yet she was still seeking the truth. Now, Doreen hosts a very popular YouTube channel. Uh, It's also an interview program. And in addition to that, she has a website, she has a Facebook page, and also an Instagram page as well. Now, Doreen, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much, Tony. All glory to God. Absolutely. Now, uh, Doreen, I'd like to talk about your history. I'm, I'm understanding that you grew up in Christian science. Yes. Now, I'm a little bit familiar with Christian science, just a little bit, but fill me in just a little bit more. What exactly is Christian science and how did it affect you growing up as a small child? Thank you. Um, it's neither Christian nor scientific. It's a prophetess who said she could. She figured out the Bible named Mary Baker Eddy. And I was raised a fourth generation Christian scientist. My mom was a professional Christian science practitioner with an office downtown where she did the kind of hocus pocus of Christian science. Um, but it was, we were King, King James Version only you know, only the King James. I was given one as a very little child. We cherry picked it. Uh, we went to church twice a week. I thought I was a Christian, but I was raised in this neo-Gnosticism that says that only spirit is real and matter is unreal. Um, Christian science lands on Genesis 126 that we're made in the image and likeness of God, but says that Genesis 3, the fall, is a myth and and that it's only in our minds that we are um, making errors. There's no such thing as sin. There's no such thing as the devil or hell. Those are metaphors. And that's exactly what the New Age teaches. So it made me ripe for New Age deception. So, Doreen, when you were growing up, it's my understanding that you actually had visions of of spirit beings of some kind. Is that correct? Yes. Um, Partly because of, you know, we had this demonic false religion in our household. It it made my brother and I more vulnerable to demonic spiritual warfare. And I'm seeing that in a lot of children raised in New Age homes. Um, It's tragic. But also because I was using words, I was using Christian science vocabulary and jargon um, with other kids that is normal, like manifestation, not in the biblical way, but in the New Age way that you, because Christian science and New Age both teach that you are God, you are the creator. And so you're manifesting, you're attracting Interestingly, witchcraft uses those terms, too. So I would talk about manifesting at school. Of course, the kids would laugh at me and say I was weird. And and so I was alone a lot. And and I thought that these beings that were kind of populating my life were my friends. I thought they were God's angels. Um, But they were, of course, Satan masquerading as an angel of light. So were these, I'm just curious, were these uh, visible beings that you could see as as a child and you communicated with them? Did you hear an audible voice? I'm just curious about that. Yeah, I know it sounds crazy, but yes, all the above. I um, was having supernatural experiences with demons who were pretending to be my friends. And because I was lonely, it made me very vulnerable. And because I was not grounded and rooted in the gospel, I didn't know. I mean, Christian science and the New Age teach there's no such thing as as evil and that the only devil is your your mind, your ego. 
And and so there's no sense that, oh, I need to guard. And, you know, there's no, you never go to Ephesians 6, the armor of God in these, um, these false religions, because there's nothing to guard against. So from that point, as a small child being raised in, in Christian science, let's fast forward a little bit. Now, you became a very popular New Age teacher. Uh, what was the what road led to your popularity? If you could just tell me about that. Well, I really believe that um, the devil kind of acts as I don't even know what to a manager to rock stars to all heathens, including false teachers, and and just kind of opens up um, avenues of popularity and worldly success because it was it was so fast tracked how fast I became such a best selling author that. I I would wonder about it, and but a part of me said, well, it must be because I'm pleasing God. I really thought that I was doing God's work because people told me I was comforting them, that I was helping them. A lot of women came to my workshops wearing cr- uh, crosses on their necks or crucifixes, and and I just thought, you know, this is helpful. I had no idea that I was God's enemy, that I was working for the devil until I read the Bible. Yeah, and and you grew. Uh, my understanding, you grew quite popular as well, weren't you? Were you on Oprah at one point? Yeah, I was on Oprah twice. If you remember, Phil Donahue was on his show. I was on The View, CNN a lot, um, just all the liberal programs worldwide because I was a super liberal. I was pro life, which made me a freak in the new wow. age. But but I was always, you know, leaning really liberal in my worldview, and and I I would have been called woke. Um, a very inclusive, you know, all about uh, love is love and, you know, ev- everyone is equal and you can do whatever you want as long as you're positive and, and are happy. Yeah, and, and it seems like uh, you just mentioned that you thought that you were doing what was right. Is, is yeah. that correct? You you thought yep. that you, maybe you were doing the Christian thing by um, promoting the new age. I'm just trying to mm-hmm. trying to comprehend yeah. that. I was the poster child for Romans one in many ways. I was just uh, believing I was wise. I was a fool. I was, I was into idolatry, polytheism. I had multiple statues and paintings of uh, deities from different religions because the new age is uh, appropriating different cultures. It, it tries to blend Hinduism, Buddhism, Catholicism, interestingly, Native American spirituality, never Protestantism, though. It's like, that's the one thing. No, we won't. And just blends all these uh, traditions together and, and, and says that you can do whatever you want, which, interestingly, I, I now know is the motto of Satanism. I think that they call it, do what thou wilt. And that's what the New Age teaches, too. Follow your heart, follow your dreams. And, of course, the Bible tells us that the heart is deceitful above all things. So I was, my life seemed to be very successful. My husband and I had a 50-acre ranch in Hawaii. Um, I had celebrity friends, celebrities over at the house all the time. I was doing psychic readings on celebrities and standing room only at my workshops, standing ovations everywhere I went. The publisher um, paid for my husband and I to travel like rock stars, first class, everything, and and it and so I had no reason to think I was doing anything wrong. It just looked like, okay, you know, this is what I'm going to do the rest of my life. Now, now Doreen, I, I heard one of your interviews, and you stated that maybe while you were in the New Age, you were also listening to Christian teachers on the radio. That seems like a contradiction. Tell me, tell me about that. 
Absolutely. Because I, I was told I was a Christian growing up and because I'd always had the Bible on the shelf, I didn't read it for many years. Um, I just, I, I was a student of world religions, Tony. And so I had a lot of books about how um, the different religions would talk about the same things. I thought that it's different vocabulary, but we're all talking about God. We're all, we're all on the same path to God. In the New Age, you don't go to the Bible to learn about eternity or heaven. You go to people's experiences that are reportedly near-death experiences. And those New Age near-death experience reports all say that everyone goes to heaven. So I was a universalist. And, and so I would listen to uh, Christian radio all the time. Alistair Begg was one of my favorites. And and I in the '90s I listened to Chuck Smith like daily when he was on Calvary Chapel Radio, and but I would also listen to Hindu gurus and Buddha gurus and Native American shaman and those who were into Celtic goddess worship. So I just enjoyed spirituality back then. I, I was one of those who ticked the box spiritual but not religious, and and so one day though it was January, <clears throat> excuse me, January of 2015, excuse me. <clears throat> in January 2015, I was driving and listening to Alistair Begg as usual, and he was giving an expository sermon on 2 Timothy 4, that in the end times people will want their itching ears tickled by false <clears throat> teachers. And he described a false teacher, Tony, and it was like he was describing me. And it was one of the first times that the Holy Spirit used any of these things to memorably strongly convict me. I was convicted while I was driving. And when I got home, I said to my husband, I think we need to go to church and Bible study. And my husband was also getting convicted at the same time. He was raised Methodist before it was liberal. And and he, he was, oh, let's go to church. Absolutely. The Methodist church was far from us. So we started to kind of just dabble with different denominations. But at the same time, we were reading the Bible together. So we started out as Pentecostal, Foursquare, we went to um, Seventh-day Adventist, and then we ended up in a very liberal Episcopalian church that was um, really super nice people. Hospitality, just, I've never seen such hospitality, but um, as we were reading the Bible, we kept saying, wait, this is not what they're teaching us, <laughs> you know, and I would ask the priest, I would say, we're not supposed to worship saints, and he said, oh, we're not worshiping them, we're venerating them, and I was like, isn't that the same? And so the, the it, it was during that time, though, at the Episcopalian Church that I the gospel was revealed to me. Um, I was still having visions. I actually had a vision at the same time the gospel was revealed to me. For a while, I thought that vision brought me the gospel. I now know that it was just part of my old unsaved days of the devil. It, it was spiritual warfare, quite frankly. Unfortunately, I wrote about that vision that I had that day in my book, Deceive No More. It's been updated in the Kindle version, but the printed books, because it came out in 2020, and I had written the book in 2019 when I was still, because I was saved in 2017. So I was still an early Christian with pretty bad theology back then. <laughs> and I should have gone away to Arabia for three years like Paul. But my, I stayed in the public eye because my work is still being sold by other people against my wishes. So I, I just felt the need to very strongly tell people, do not use New Age work. It's, it's demonic. And uh, anyway, so, so on January 15th, I, I heard um, Alistair Begg. Two years later, January 7th, 2017, the gospel was revealed to me. I still was not saved. 
because I still wasn't repenting, because I still didn't know that what I was doing was wrong. So from the period of January till the end of 2017, about October, probably in October, I was trying to blend New Age with Christianity. There's a lot of pictures of me with the Bible on my lap, holding a deck of tarot cards in my hand. And I was very liberal still. I was still, um, you know, woke, all-inclusive. There's videos of me doing that. People so often share those videos to tr because I've got a lot of persecution. So I've got people who are, for some reason, not who say they're professing Christians who don't like me, I guess. And they share those old videos from that time period where I was not saved yet. But anyway, that's another story. Um, and so in the end of 2017, we got to Deuteronomy 18 where, of course, God is speaking through Moses before they go across the Jordan River. And God is saying, do not be like the Canaanites. Do not burn your children in the fire. And then he, he got to this part that is what led to my salvation. God said, uh, do not use mediumship. I was doing mediumship. Do not do divination. I was doing divination. Do not interpret omens and signs. I was interpreting omens and signs. And the kicker for me, Tony, was the end of Deuteronomy 18, 10 through 12, it says, anyone who does these things is an abomination to God, a detestable abomination to God. And I, I, I had to read that and I was, I, I, I'm stammering because it was such a shock to me that I, not just the practices, but I, Doreen, was an abomination to God because I was doing these practices. I, I had no, I mean, I may have had an idea, but I didn't, you know, anyway, so I got on the, on my knees, I fell to my knees in repentance for the first time in my whole life. I was age 59. Um, I'm 64 now. And I was crying and just saying, I did not know. Oh, my goodness. The, the weight of that I had been a very popular New Age teacher for 22 years with about 70 books in 38 languages out there. And all these sold out. And I was like, wow, Lord, you know, I've, so I've been teaching wrong help, you know, and I, I just said, I, obviously, I don't know what I'm doing. Please, Jesus, take over my life as my Lord and Savior. So I became saved, but with this big burden of all this false teaching I'd been doing. And, and so I very much related to Paul on the road to Damascus, that he'd been killing the Christians. And, and I still, I feel, I feel like a combination of that, plus the woman at the well, because I was so sinful by the time um, I met Jesus. Uh, the interesting thing is that I, like many New Agers, thought I was following Jesus all that time, but it was a false Christ. It was a spirit guide pretending to be Jesus, who was a wish granter. And so a lot of New Agers will say, oh, but I love Jesus too. But who, you ask them, who is Jesus? And they'll tell you he's a mortal man who ascended, who's helping me to get my wishes. And of course, that's not Jesus. Yeah, and, and one of the interesting things that, that you mentioned um, in your testimony, Doreen, uh, just now, is that your husband came to Christ similar or close to the same time that you did. Exactly. And, and what, a bless what a blessing that is, because I know a lot of folks, they come to Jesus and their spouse does not. Yeah. But what I a blessing it. that must be in your life to have your, your closest human being in this world to you that knows the same Lord that you do. It's, it is absolutely God's grace and mercy that we did not deserve that he, he, yes, I, I get a lot of letters from unequally yoked women who, you know, and I have to point them to Peter's letters about how to 
be a quiet, gentle witness to their husbands. And it's, it, I am, I just am so grateful for our Jesus center marriage. Now it's, it's just, it's, we were given a new life and a new heart. That's all I can say. It's just a miracle. Yeah, and Jereen, um, according to your testimony, you lost a lot as well, and if I, not only financially, but uh, I'm, I'm assuming family relationships as well. Yeah. T- tell us a little bit about what did you have to, what did you, what did, what did you lose or leave behind when you came to Jesus? Oh, okay. I hope I don't start crying. Um, okay, so we were making a ton of money in the New Age, but like the rock star testimonials that you'll see we were spending more than we were making we were living the high life we thought the money would keep coming in forever so just eat drink and be merry you know i was we were just completely um we left the new age in debt uh, because we were not keeping up with our debts Uh, we're paying them off now my husband and i now have regular jobs i have a part-time job mostly because we have a lot of pets. We love animals. <laughs> and of course, charity. So for the first two years, we gave refunds to people who asked for them, who were really angry that I was converted. They just, they were besides themselves with so much anger. Those pictures you see of the woke people screaming, they were coming at me, especially for the first two years. Um, and so we were giving refunds. Um, my parents Elderly parents, we've, we were caring for them for seven years up until their recent deaths. My dad died in December 2020, and my mom just died a few months ago. But we were their caretakers, so we had to... I'm sorry about that. Thank you. Yeah, that was really hard, especially since they were... I mean, only God knows, but they were not professing Christians. They were Christian scientists. And anyway, that's a whole other story. But um, so we, we had to move. We had to, We were buying this ranch from the previous owners. So it wasn't like a bank loan. So we gave it back to the owners. And then we had to find a home that would house my parents and us. And we found a home that was multi-generational in the Pacific Northwest, um, which I didn't want to move to. But, you know, we had my, my parents were under our care and they were helping us financially. And also, um, we got a high interest loan so we could afford a house. But then after a while, we couldn't afford it. Um, and so we sold that, um, the, there was a blessing that the, you know, all the prices went up and we used that money to buy the smaller house we have now, but it has liens on it, um, because we're in debt still that we're paying off. So, uh, so financially it's, it was a train wreck to leave the new age and people were telling me, I can't believe you did that. Uh, interestingly, the number one slander I get is that I'm, I became a Christian for money. And wow. I, I, it's so weird. It's like that Charles Spurgeon quote that says, you can call me lots of things, but you don't really know the worst things. So when people say that, I'm like, hold on, you could call me a lot of things. I was absolutely a total wretched sinner. I still am, you know, I'm saved by God's grace. But um, to say I'm doing this for money is, it makes no sense at all. Because like, like you said, I have this book, Deceive No More, that only because the Thomas Nelson editors came to me and said, would, would you write your testimony? I was too young of a Christian. I should have waited a few years because now I went to seminary and got a master's in biblical and theological studies. And the, wow. they, thank you. Yeah. Straight A's with one B, um, which yes. only I'm not boasting. It's a, it's a miracle to me because I would have got straight F's before I was saved. It just shows that I was really given a biblical worldview to me. But um, the, the advance I got for Deceive No More paid for the seminary. And so that was God's provision. 
And then I'm not getting any more money for the book because I never push the book because it's got that old vision in it that I had that I now know is was just a simultaneous thing. It, the vision didn't bring me the gospel. And I, as like I said, I've updated the Kindle version, but I do not recommend the physical version in the first printing because there's no physical way to update a physical book. Um, anyway, so things like that have happened. But the, the worst thing is my sons. Um, I have two beloved sons. I had them young and uh, we grew up together. Basically, I was 20 years old when I had my first son, 22 when I had my second son. And they worked with me in the new age and they became spiritual teachers themselves. And so I raised them new age and they married new age wives. And when I converted at first, they were just kind of like, okay, you do you, mom, you know, you do you. But then people started coming after my sons, uh, new agers, who always say, you should love everyone and love and light, but they have teeth, sharp teeth when they don't like something. So they came after my sons and their wives hard and just chewed them out. Um, and, and so my sons just couldn't take it anymore. And so they, uh, they stopped talking to me. They also think that I'm unloving to call out new age when they, because they've not read the Bible and saw, seen how Jesus would call the Pharisees a brood of vipers and, all but one of the new age, new, all but one of the New Testament books calls out false teachings. You're yeah. supposed to. Ephesians five eleven yeah. says, "Have nothing to do with darkness, but instead expose it." And I have to expose it because it ruined my life. I mean, I'm I'm sixty four now. How many more years do I have? Only God knows. But if I live as long as my parents, I have twenty more years. My stuff's still going to be out there. Probably the old stuff, you know, used stuff. I have to be out there exposing it to those who have ears to hear, even though I'm, I have slander coming at me every day. People make up stories about me. I mean, horrible stories that aren't true. Um, every day I'm cussed out every day. I'm in pain because my sons have stopped talking to me. I don't hear from them on my birthday or Christmas or mother's day. And I don't get to see my grandson. I'm in, I'm suffering because of this, but at the same time, Jesus has given me this peace and the strength, most of all, the strength to be able to come on shows like yours and say, Christians, you're being deceived by the devil weaseling his way into the church under the guise of helpfulness. And you have to beware because like how ex-cigarette smokers can smell smoke more easily than people who've never smoked. I can smell the stench of new age deception like that. And there's a lot of professing Christians who are practicing new age methods and they don't even know it. Doreen, and, and that's that's a topic that I want to touch on as well, specifically for the church, um, about some some danger signs that you maybe see seeing happening in the church. Uh, and again, I, I'm coming at this in ignorance. I, I've learned a lot from from your your videos over the past year or so about deceptions and, and new age movements and practices that are not only in the world, but they're creeping into the church. What are some things maybe in the church that we should be aware of and stay away from uh, in the church body? Okay. Well, there's two main things that I'm concerned with with the church. One is idolatry, of course, which when we go to the second commandment, the still for today, you should have no graven images. So, I mean, we have to watch out for anything that is... Um, we put on the throne of our heart instead of Jesus. So uh, a couple of things is polytheism that is in yoga and a lot of 
professing Christian women who I get so much pushback from because they do what's so-called holy yoga or scripture yoga or Christian yoga, which is an oxymoron. There's no possible way that you could take a polytheistic practice like yoga and Christianize it. Even though you play hymns or you say, God knows my heart. And I always say, yeah, God does know your heart. You should be terrified of that. You know, and what so he's seeing, what it, yeah, what he's seeing is rebelliousness. If you say that, polytheism, polytheism is in many gods, right? Many gods, right? So yoga is a Hindu worship practice. Uh, Christians in India cannot understand why American Christians would do yoga. They know enough to stay away from it. So, so Hinduism has three million deities, including demons, and all kinds of creation stories, and there are. Um, these poses, they call them asanas. I did yoga for 20 years in the New Age, so I know yoga very well. And uh, each pose is <clears throat> using your body to mimic a different deity or animal from Hindu tradition. And so you're using your body like a graven image. For instance, in the Sun Salutation series, I'll just say this really briefly, there's a pose called Warrior, Warrior 1, 2, and 3, uh, sometimes called Triangle Pose. And warrior one, two, and three in the uh, Sanskrit language that yoga is used for describing these poses is Virabhadrasana. So asana means pose. And it's the pose of Virabhadras, who's a Hindu warrior deity, almost a demon, who was a murderer. And so in this, this sun salutation series that's in every yoga practice, including holy yoga, um, you, you're acting out with your body a Hindu warrior murder scene. And, and of course, we know from the Bible that we're to glorify God with our body. And how is that glorifying God to act out a Hindu deity? It's People say, well, it's just stretching. No, it's not. It is so precise that a the instructor will come over to you and correct you if you are doing the warrior pose wrong. It is perpendicular, absolutely straight extension of your arms. It's not just stretching. You can stretch your body, but don't do yoga. So, um, so it's my understanding that there's a, a term called Christian yoga, and it's popular uh, among churches. But mm-hmm. you're still, in essence, opening the door to a demonic realm in some fa- form or fashion, right? Absolutely. Even though you, all, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah. So there's a woman who's she's a charismatic, professing Christian who um, named Dr. Candy Gunther Brown, who's done extensive studies about why Christians should not do yoga. And the study that stands out in view here is that most people get into yoga for two reasons, exercise or health benefits. But then when she checked in with them four to six months later, they were in yoga for spiritual reasons. It's switched. And the tragedy is that a lot of schools are now holding yoga classes for children, including so-called Christian schools sometimes mandatory, and they're having the children say blasphemous chants like namaste, which means the God within me recognizes and honors the God within you. That's pantheism or panentheism, more precisely. Um, the kids are saying om, O-H-M, which the in, in yoga means the universal sound, so it's worshiping the creation instead of the creator. I mean, yoga is just blasphemous heresy and there's no two ways about it people can stretch they should stretch but stay away from yoga period so isn't there kind of a theme in in yoga about um emptying your mind is there is there a danger in that 
Yeah, so Eastern meditation is different than biblical meditation because sometimes people get confused because the word meditate is in the Bible. For instance, Joshua 1 and Psalm 1 talk about meditating on the law which means the Torah, the Pentateuch, the first five books of Moses. And, and, and we should be meditating on the Bible. That's biblical meditation where you're filling your mind with God's word. In fact, the word in the Bible for meditate in Hebrew is Hagah, which means utter out loud or mutter out loud. So it actually means to mutter out loud the law or speak the Bible out loud, to, to kind of mutter it as you're, you're meditating on it. So different than New Age meditation, like you said, you see in yoga classes where you are told to empty your mind and focus on self. Everything about the New Age is self. It's all about self-glory. Christian, our purpose is to glorify God and enjoy him forever, not to glorify ourselves. But in yoga, you, in, in Eastern meditation, you're supposed to think about, okay, what am I feeling? What does my heart say? What is my breath? You know, you just yourself, self, self. Uh, sometimes you're on a guided meditation where the instructor guides you to see a spirit guide and they're handing you a gift. I mean, it's so demonic. Some people in meditation, they try to get messages and they say, well, it's from God. It's from Jesus. Like Sarah Young says that her Jesus in her books, Jesus Calling is from Jesus. But if you take a look at Sarah Young's channelings, it contradicts what Jesus said in the Bible, and that's impossible because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So we want to watch out for anything that's channeled material. Um, the conversations with God books are like that. Uh, the medical medium books, you know, he says he gets his messages from a spirit who only gave the messages to him, the author of medical medium. And it's always offering a benefit up front. If you will do this, if you will read this, if you will buy this, then you will feel better. You'll have a healthier marriage. Your body will heal. And in desperation, a lot of Christians get involved in this and get trapped in the web. Doreen, you mentioned um, it seems like most of the New Age or pretty much all of the New Age is about me and, and yeah. about self and about pride. Do you see a similarity, Doreen, with, with the fall of man and the yeah. New Age movement? Yeah, I mean, the serpent tempted Eve with secret hidden wisdom so she could be like God. And that lie keeps being said over and over and over again, because the devil apparently is not very creative. He's a counterfeiter and he is an enemy of God trying to recruit other enemies of God. So the New Age holds out that same carrot and stick saying, I'll give you secret wisdom. I'll give you hidden mysteries if you'll just take this course, if you'll just buy this book. And it never gives answers. I mean, I was in the New Age in metaphysics for my whole life. I was 59 when I was saved. It was always like the next mountain, you'll get the answers. <laughs> the next book, you'll finally get the answers. When I finally took the time to read the, read the entire Bible, and now I read it every day, and I, I don't even know how many times I've read the whole Bible now, um, that's where I found the answers. They were always there on my bookshelf. Of course, the King James Bible, I always found hard to read the Old English. I'm reading the New King James now, or ESV or NASB, and that's more readable to me. And they're very solid translations based on the oldest known manuscripts of the Bible. Uh, so the Bible has all the answers everyone's looking for. Exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, I, I just, it's its a fascinating testimony that you have. There's another thing I wanted to ask you about, Doreen. Um, 
with the, with the new age movement. Uh, it seems like there's more of a popularity these days with uh, interest in extraterrestrials. Mm. Um, do extraterrestrials have have um, popularity in the new age movement or is that something else? Uh, yes, somewhat. The new age movement is kind of like different denominations, you know, like you see in Christianity. And so in the denomination I was in, we were sort of interested in ETs, but we were kind of scaredy cats of them. So we focused mostly on fantasy figures like uh, our version of angels. They weren't biblical angels, uh, fairies, mermaids, unicorns. We were into kind of that. But there is a denomination of New Age that's very focused on uh, not only ETs, but making contact with them and praying to have a, uh, a what they would call an abduction experience. And there's books that are supposed to be channeled material that, you know, the ETs were involved in the pyramids and, and even in the Star of David and in Bethlehem and Christianity and such. And, and of course, um, there's a, a I want to point people to an expert on this. His name is, is Joseph Jordan, who's a solid cr Christian, a brother in Christ, who has done research for over 20 years on UFO abductees. And he's focused on people who are professing Christians who got abducted by ETs. And what he found was that those who got abducted had kind of opened a doorway to demons because they were dabbling in new age, like we're talking about, or they had asked to have a UFO experience. A lot of people do, or they were children whose parents were dabbling in this kind of stuff we're talking about. And so the, the people he studied, Tony is so interesting in the UFO experience they were having, they were terrified, and so they they prayed for Jesus to help them, or they sang a hymn. And in both cases, a hymn or asking Jesus to help them, they woke up instantly, and the UFO experience was gone. And Joseph Jordan has cataloged that these are demons masquerading as ETs, just like Second Corinthians eleven fourteen says about the devil masquerading as an angel of light, that they do not exist. And he points to the Bible. There's I mean, God did make the universe, and it kind of seems like, well, why would he only populate Earth? But that's what it says in the Bible. So we trust what God's Word says. Yeah, and, and during one of the influences uh, in understanding extraterrestrials for me was uh, a book by Kenneth Samples and Hugh Ross. It's called Lights in the Sky and a Little Green Man. And their research, um, they came to the conclusion that folks that have had these experiences at some point in their past or currently they're involved in the occult in some form yeah. or fashion. So it, it's a demonic influence behind those deceptions, it, it, it seems like. Uh, so, yeah, thank you for that for that insight there. Uh, another insight that that I'm that I see is when I did some research on on the New Age movement um, and, and, and spiritual yoga and things like that, um, it seems to be predominantly, at least in the West, uh, receptive to 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 women. Um now, you know, men and women, we all have our, our different uh, fleshly patterns and temptation. But the research that I was doing, it, it seems like it's uh, yoga practices, for example, or, or more women oriented. Do you see a do you see a correlation there or am I just seeing different things? Oh, no, you're you're spot on, Tony. At my workshops, it was 90 percent women all the time. And in the yoga classes I took, there would be maybe one or two men in the classes. And 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 so it just seems like. Um, because women, I, this is my theory, I, you know, but women as childbearers, we kind of have to be more intuitive to understand what our babies are seeing. 
uh, and uh, nonverbal babies, and also we're more emotional. I mean, we just are. And so these new age practices really appeal to the emotions and they, um, the big word in, in new age is empower, E-M-P-O-W-E-R, empower. And so a lot of people are looking for um, something to boost up what in psychology is called self-esteem. They want to feel better about themselves. And a lot of the people who came to my workshop said they left Christianity, whether they were saved or not is another story, but they left Christianity because it made them feel guilty and afraid. And they went into the new age because it made them feel safe and good about themselves. Yeah, I, one one uh, lady that I used to that I've known in my past, uh, she had a reading. I guess uh, uh, maybe it's uh, I guess that's how you describe it. But she went to this psychic, and this psychic had a drawing uh, of her late father, and it was it was almost exact. I mean, it, it looked exactly like her father that had passed and there's no way that this psychic could have known this information and and talk a little bit about that um in the demonic realm of people getting readings that are you know are are spot on with their lives um tell me about the deception there because it seems like if i if i didn't know the lord and someone told me about my past exactly or they told me what my late father looked like exactly, and they had never seen this person, I could, I would be deceived. Talk a little bit oh, about yeah. that. Yeah, I, and it actually, my friends who are Christians who used to be psychics, we were all deceived because it was so accurate. It was spooky. And so in my experience, um, 22 years on the road giving workshops at convention centers, you know, hundreds, sometimes thousands of people in the audience with the lights down low. I couldn't see the people in there. Uh, the lights were uh, low. I didn't know the people or I was on radio a lot giving readings. Um, I was getting such accurate details. It was crazy. I mean, I, I would I remember giving um, a kind of a demonstration of psychic work in Athens, Greece. And the, there was a translator who had, you know, in the in the ear was translating Greek to English. And I was giving a reading to a woman and I was getting Greek like it was coming to me and it was not glossia. It wasn't speaking in tongues. It was being fed this information by demons. And so all I can say is if you go to the book of Exodus and you read about Pharaoh's court, that the, the sorcerers of Pharaoh were able to mimic Moses and Aaron, the God's miracles going through Moses, Moses and Aaron's um, to a degree, they were able to mimic some of the things they were doing. And so the, the devil is a counterfeiter and, and the demons have been studying humanity for thousands of years and they hate us and they, they're rivals with God. They're trying to lure us into the lair that God created for the devil and his demons and so they basically want to drag us to hell is the bottom line. So they will mix in truth and lies and they, they give just enough truth to hook us in. And then they, they give you the lie that basically you want to go to first John four. That's the test of the spirits. And, and the apostle John says that if the spirit does not confess Jesus biblically, he was fully God, fully man. Um, they are the Antichrist. And so these demons that I was getting messages from on behalf of people who wanted to hear from Aunt Ruth or their dad or, you know, whatever, um, 
these spirits would always point away from Jesus. They would always mix in, oh, the Bible's corrupt by the RCC and Constantine. Oh, um, you know, Jesus is really a, a copy of the sun god of Egypt, and he didn't really die on the cross. He, you know, just they would, they would give all these anti-Christian messages mixed in with, oh, by the way, your dad died at age 44 of a heart attack. And so it would hook people in, including me, and point them away from the gospel. Yeah, and you mentioned something when you were talking about Christian science in the beginning of this interview about Gnosticism being a, a big influence. And uh, it just reminded me in the, the early churches, uh, for example, the Apostle Paul and, and John as well, they were they were combating Gnosticism that was creeping into the early church. And that basically said that Jesus did not come in the flesh. There was no such thing as sin or a sin nature. So it's like what what has been is 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 continual today. Nothing. There's nothing new under the sun. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and and you know in Colossians, Paul was talking about don't listen to people who have messages from angels. And if there's a and in Galatians he said if someone were to teach a false gospel, let them be accursed. And I was teaching a false gospel. And if God had not in His mercy saved me, I was headed straight to hell, as was my husband and and my you know, my friend's family and the people who were following my work. And I mean, I'm sounding the alarm because this is, it's not only because it looks like the, you know, you, I don't, I don't hold the newspaper in one hand and revelation in the other, but you can't know when Jesus is coming back, but we know he is coming back to judge us all and people die every day. And we want to make sure that we abide in Jesus, that we've repented, which means metanoia change your mind and 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 turn away from the sin of new age you can't dabble with it you cannot blend um, new age with christianity the bible says we cannot drink of the cup of demons and drink of the cup of the lord we cannot sit at the table of the demons and sit at the table of the lord and i still get pushback from rebellious christian women who say yeah but i've got christian freedom okay and they point to paul saying that the meat that was um sacrificed to idols people could eat it. But they don't read far enough that it says Paul said he would not eat that meat if it would cause a brother to stumble. And professing Christians who are dabbling in New Age like this, they appear to the world like it's okay to blend New Age with Christianity. And, and us by doing that could cause a weak Christian, a baby Christian, or someone who's being called out of the New Age by Jesus, we could cause them to stumble. So this has got serious implications. Absolutely. And inevitably, there's someone watching this video or in the future, they've researched your name and they're, they're not aware that you you're, of your conversion experience. So they're maybe looking for your past works and they come across this video or another inter, recent interview of you and they're involved in the new age and they're looking to stay involved in the new age and they're looking for new things to get involved in. What would you say to them, Doreen, that they don't know the Lord um, but they're involved in the new age. How would, what, how would you encourage them? Well, I would say, first of all, I understand if I had seen this, this interview 10 years ago, I would have never watched more than a minute of it. I would have turned it off and wouldn't believe it because the devil pretty much Teflon coats people in the new age. He says he doesn't exist. He says there's no such thing as hell. There's no sin. There's no consequences to sin. Uh, Ten Commandments are not for today. I mean, he's he is an evil genius. He's really made it so if you're in the New Age, you're, the gospel just washes off you. 
So what I would say to someone is to be like a good scientist and to test my hypothesis, our hypothesis that Jesus really was uh, here on earth during his earthly ministry, fully God, fully man, that he really is the son of God who came as the only sinless person to ever walk on this earth to take the punishment for the sins we've all done. And he really did die on the cross for us. And he really did impute his righteousness to us. And three days after his death, he was risen. And many, many people saw him and ate with him and touched him and talked with him. He was, he was alive physically. And then he ascended and he's at the right hand of our Father God, our triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And he will return to judge us all. If we're in Christ because we are saved, we, God will see our righteousness. If we're not saved, he will see the sins and he will punish us appropriately because he's not only love, that's what New Agers always point to, God's love so he wouldn't punish anyone, but he's holiness, he's justice, he's, he's wrath. I mean, people say the wrath is only in the Old Testament. Take a look at the cross or, or Ananias and Sapphira. I mean, God's wrath is there in the New Testament. And, and so I would say to people, if you, don't, if you just test that, read the Gospel of John. Just read that book. Just don't put the Bible down until you've actually read it. You know, read the gospel of John, but first, before you read it, pray, pray for God to open your eyes to his truth. Just pray as you're reading it. And then that's what, you know, we're going to trust in God's will because it's all up to God who's saved. Um, and the rest is us just planting seeds, uh, making disciples of all nations, sharing the gospel. Very good advice. And, and Doreen, as we look around our society today, it's scary. Um, and you, you can almost, you can sense the darkness around you. Just turn on the news. And it's, it's, it's unlike when I grew up. Uh, we certainly had bad times, but it, it's like it's increasing. The, 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 the darkness around us is getting worse and worse. And I think it was Peter had said, who else can we, and I'm paraphr it's a bad paraphrase, but, who else can we go to, Jesus? You have the words of eternal life. There, there's, there's no other salvation apart from you in a dark world, and it's getting darker. And uh, what great advice that you had to, to, to look unto him, uh, look unto Jesus, the only one that can save us. Um, and if, if we're involved in the new age or anything else apart from Christ, there's no other means of salvation except through Jesus the Son. But but thank you so much for that uh, that wisdom there. Doreen, I'm curious, what's on what's on the horizon for Doreen Virtue? What are you working on these days? Um, same thing I've been doing for the past five years, and that's answering letters on Instagram as much as I can. Um, and so I do my best to disciple. It's primarily women because I really do believe that First um, Timothy two twelve is still for today. That women are not supposed to have authority over men, and and so I you know, just give resources to women who write me on Instagram. Um, I just want to make a note again, for those who slander me and say, I do this for money. I never ask for donations, nor do I accept them. If people send me donations, I, I turn around and say, what's your favorite charity? And then I give that money to them there. That's charity. Um, I, I don't have Patreon account. I do not want anything to cause someone to stumble. Uh, from me calling out the new age. So I have a regular job. My husband has a regular job. And, you know, like I said, it's just, I'm only, people can't understand why did you change? You must have had a motivation, you know, digging for dirt. My motivation is that Jesus gave me a new heart and a new life through God's mercy. That's it. And so I'm all I want to do is just 
sit there on social media and, and warn people and disciple people. That's all I want to do. And I'm not making any money off of it. It takes a ton of time, but it's what else, what choice do I have? Well, again, it's quite a testimony that what you left, you love fortune and fame and, and popularity. Um, and, and you're not asking for donations. That, that's quite a testimony in and of itself. Uh, pretty strong there. Uh, but do you, apart from, Podcasting, apart from having the the video channel and res- responding to folks that are searching, w- w- Doreen, what do you do for fun? I, I think you've got some dogs as well, don't you? Yeah, we have a lot of animals. We don't have as many as, on the ranch. We had three hundred animals because we were always involved with animal rescue there. And um, but yeah, we have a few animals here. Just kind of a small. We have a small farm, I would call it. Um, and, you know, because we don't have a lot of space now. Um, but we have dogs, cats. My husband's a cat person, and I, I, we have to pray about it because everyone who asks him, do you want a cat, he says yes to. So we, we have more cats than we could want. But we do our best to take care of them. That's my, my part-time job is for animal feed <laughs> and such. Um, so for fun, I know I have new brothers and sisters in Christ. Praise the Lord, uh, because I lost so many friends and, of course, beloved family members when I came to Christ. So I'm really grateful for the God's provision of, um, of having some loved ones now who are solid in theology. We've, my husband and I have been Baptists for many years. It, it actually took us a while to find a Baptist church that did not have some of the new age components in it. That was scary. We finally found a Baptist church that is in God's word. You know, every week we're line by line, in God's word. And it's not legalistic. People I, I accuse me all the time of being legalistic. We're, legalism means you are, you think you're saved by your works. Of course we're not. The Bible says we're saved by God's grace. But once we're saved, we want to do good works. We want to glorify God with our actions. So that's what I do. <laughs> yeah. And one of the famous quotes that I love is we don't work for salvation, but we work from salvation. I like that. Yeah. Um, it's just about glorifying God. I mean, we're told to whatever we do, whatever we eat, drink, whatever we do to glorify God with our lives. So um, just keep praying. How can I glorify God? And and he will show you. Keep reading the word every day. Bible before breakfast, word before world. I mean, th- that's where your answers are in the Bible. And you can get it for free as an app. You don't have to spend money on all these new age tools and everything. <laughs> just read your Bible every day.